0: Welcome to Potluck, a podcast from the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church. Instead of bringing food to the table, we bring stories of inspiration and celebration from the Great Plains Conference and beyond. Pull up a seat. You're always welcome at our table. Welcome to episode two of Potluck, the Great Plains Podcast. I'm David Burke from the Great Plains Conference Communications Office. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Trevor Rook from Neighbors Church in Lincoln. Uh, Trevor, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, David. I appreciate it. Um, First of all, tell us about Neighbors.
1: Well, Neighbors started out uh, as a church plant. It's a a parachute drop. Uh, Parachute drop means we're not a sister church or a daughter church of anything. We actually just came into a, a new neighborhood and tried to start something brand new. And the idea formed around, there's a lot of alternative uh, churches and different ways that people can worship, whether they're very traditional or, or not. And what we try to do is create something, uh, what we like to call deep and simple, uh, something that where people can come in and uh, we don't have a lot of liturgy or anything like that, but what we do is a very simplistic service where we'll have a guy with a guitar singing some songs and then we'll give the message. Uh, the the that we're in is, resembles kind of like a coffee shop because what we wanted to do is, is really kind of uh, a little bit like a modern version of the first century churches where they met in houses and they told the stories. Uh, before anything was written down, they, they just told the stories, they'd sing some songs, and then they would share a meal. And that's kind of what we're trying to do at Neighbors. They're very uh, simplistic, but deep and simple. We say deep because of the love of Christ is 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 very deep. Simple because the message of our our, our purpose here is to love God, love ourselves, and to love our neighbor. Uh, if we can follow those, everything that we do, we we bring back to the, that that uh, mission and ask ourselves, is that what we're doing? And so we don't have a lot of bells and whistles. Uh, we've come into town and and we're just uh, trying to get off the ground doing that. So. Oh, fantastic.
0: Um, about how many people are attending Neighbors these days?
1: Well, last year, at this time, we were still nomadic. We were we were trying to find a place to worship, and we would, we would go from bars to um, uh, clubhouses and apartments. At one time, we, we met in a school. Uh, the idea of Neighbors is to have uh, kind of an intimacy, and so we don't want to be a, a really, really large Service, we'd rather have multiple services. And so last year at this time, we were meeting uh, at around 20, 25 people. It was it was uh, pretty small. This year at this time, we finally found a permanent space to be in. And we've now moved to two services where we're doing upwards around 60, 65. And we're hoping that over the fall and Christmas, uh, we'll, we'll continue to grow. The, the summer was an oddball for us because when normally churches kind of slow down in that time, we actually saw uh, some some very encouraging growth during our last summer. so Wow. Are you I didn't... know I'm just as shocked as you
0: are. <laughs> <laughs> any growth in the summer is uh, is unbelievable for churches no matter your denomination or your location.
1: I know I was really uh... hoping just to take the summer off, but then those people just kept coming so
0: <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Are your attendees people who have been to other churches, or people who are "quote unquote" unchurched, or people who are, who are looking for something different? Who who is a typical? Is there a typical neighbor's member?
1: You know, when you, it, it, is, it is funny when you say typical because uh, we do have people in our church that have been born and raised in in church. Uh, a church of some kind of or another. We we do have uh, some Methodists with the Methodist tradition, but we also have uh, Catholics, Lutherans. Uh, we, we even have somebody that uh, was raised uh, Mormon. But we also have a large percentage of people that have for one reason or another either not been churched or have been completely burnt out by church or uh, dismayed by a church in some way. And so we have a lot of people that are uh, I guess you would say skeptic. Uh this neighborhood that we're in, there's a lot of uh people that are like entrepreneurs and uh professors at the university here of Nebraska. Uh they are intellectuals and uh they want to um it it takes a little bit to earn their trust. They don't want to just come to church because uh, that's something to do on Sunday. They they kind of circle the wagons a little bit, and they, they spy on us through uh, either our social media or our websites. Uh, on our Facebook, we do Facebook Live. Um, and so there's a lot of people that have actually been watching us window shopping a little bit before they ever come in. And what uh, attracts them is, is, our, is our message, is our, um, uh, our mission statements of kindness, of spreading kindness. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big influence, I've been highly influenced by uh, uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, and just the uh, the, the message of, of love and that people are special and they should be celebrated for who they are. Uh, we, we love that message and that's attracted some of the people to our door. So we've had people that have just not wanted anything to do with church for the whole time, Uh, but we also have people that have been to church and something's happened to where they have lost um, their faith in a church. We also have people that have lost faith in God. We have uh, three or four people that are agnostic, but they come every Sunday because they're seeking something and they want to explore that more. And so we're just grateful to be part of the conversation in that.
0: Fantastic. We are talking to Trevor Rook from Neighbors Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we'll be back with more of Potluck right after this. I hope you're enjoying the new podcast called Potluck. I'm Shane Warda, coordinator of Lay Leadership Development for the Great Plains Conference. I'm here to tell you about an exciting engagement opportunity for all laity. It's called Lady Summit, happening Saturday, March 21st, 2020. This is for lay servant ministries, any lay leadership, and for people discerning their call to leadership. It'll be a one-stop leadership pipeline for church and community leadership with worship, workshops, keynote speaker, childcare, oh, and food. Stay tuned for location and registration details. Welcome back to Potluck. We're talking to Trevor Rook from Neighbors Church in Lincoln. You mentioned Fred Rogers, and uh, seems to be a resurgence of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood themes anymore. Our uh, administrative assistant in the communications department, Lisa Sokup, is a strong follower of uh, Fred Rogers and uh, has a little uh, Pop Funko piece of him uh, on her desk, and and I sent her any Fred Rogers I can, and obviously with the Tom Hanks movie coming out later this year, there's big attention on Fred Rogers. And uh, Trevor, there's a surplus of neighbor's church coffee mugs in our break room uh, with a quote from Fred Rogers on the back, and you talked a little bit about him before the break, but what kind of messages uh, What are you taking from Fred Rogers and giving to the con- your congregation?
1: Well, I, on a personal note, I I wasn't raised in the church myself. Um, I didn't I didn't start attending any kind of church service uh, other than a couple of visits to maybe a Sunday school as a kid. But I didn't start attending any service until I was well into my late twenties, early thirties, and only then was it occasionally. Um, and I had done a lot of things uh, incorrectly in my life, so I I, I was. When the time came for my heart to be strangely warmed, I guess, to quote uh, John Wesley, for me, it didn't come from John Wesley. It actually came from revisiting uh, the neighborhood, revisiting uh, Fred Rogers. There was a book called The Simple Faith of uh, Fred Rogers. And the author on that, I'm I'm happy to say, is actually now a friend of mine, Amy Hollingsworth. And uh, she talked about Fred's faith. He was an ordained uh, Presbyterian minister. And he was called, his his ministry was to promote loving your neighbor. And what a simple message that was, to love your neighbor and to love them exactly as they are. And I thought, that's something that I can wrap myself around. And the simplicity of just, uh, we're not, at, at the time, you know, when I would look at church, it was a lot of, of what I would call bells and whistles and a lot of, um, you know, I was uh, I've been in, inter- in entertainment for many years, so there was a lot of stuff that seemed a little entertainment wise to me. Um, and so, the simple message that uh, I found myself appeal- appealed to um, was just the let's just talk about it. Let's not have a whole lot of uh, uh, things. And, and Fred was, was so much about uh, let's just get down to the meat of the of the conversation. And talk about it, uh, and so I started studying Fred. This was years ago, actually, and it actually improved my faith. It brought me to that simple message of I. I'm, at the time, I couldn't understand exactly who God was or who Christ was, but I could understand what loving your neighbor meant. And to me, that is what bridged me into my faith with God and with Jesus and in uh, the church and so when we started neighbors i took that influence i guess and thought um we're in an an area where people have been either harmed by church or they're skeptics or they're a lot like me where they just they don't know what to feel uh maybe we could start the conversation this way uh of of let's just talk about uh kindness let's talk about in in uh an era of loud noise and voices and uh, shouting and arguing what if we just met in the middle and said uh everybody is to be appreciated uh for who they are and we started talking about that because i think that when we share our commonality with one another even when we share our uniqueness with one another uh between us becomes holy ground and i think that's um that influence that Fred had is influential, very much for me. Because I thought what Fred was doing, uh, in in a sense, Fred was not a saint. He was he was a he was a person, uh, um, but um, he was also for me. He was showing me what what the attempt to be Christ-like truly is, and that is for loving people where they stand. And so that's why I thought if I ever uh, had the chance to uh, create something. I couldn't go on a a reference of past experiences with churches that I've grown up in. I didn't have that. And so what I chose was uh, the things that have been been compassionate to me, and and that's the message of, of Fred Rogers. And it's funny because that was, like I said, years ago, and now... Uh, Amy likes to call Amy Hollingsworth, the one that wrote the book, likes to call this the year of Fred, because uh, suddenly uh, everybody is talking about Fred Rogers and everything, and it's so wonderful, and it is such a time of need that we're doing this. Uh, and so, um, the I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show, but the the gentleman that played Mister McFeely on the show, um, he was the delivery guy. His, his, his name in, uh, is David Newell. Uh, and David actually came to our church, um, and uh, we watched the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, together. Uh, and later he, after that, he said, uh, we talked about carrying on the legacy of of the show, of the neighborhood. We always like to call it the neighborhood because it was more than just Fred, too. There was a lot of things going on about that, uh, telling people that they're special and that they matter. And he said that neighbor's was, uh, church uh, was was a great example of carrying on that legacy and so i'm I'm really proud of that and david and i have actually become good friends since then and we we email back and forth and everything and um it's it's been a wonderful experience to have that and christ as part of what we're doing Uh, because i think that when people see kindness they see love and they see acceptance they're seeing christ
0: oh exactly does he have any Lincoln ties, or did you just invite him, and he
1: showed up? It's funny. We just invited him. Uh, we started out talking with Amy Hollingsworth. We wanted to have a little bit of a of a connection, and, and Amy and I started emailing back and forth. And she actually said that if, if Fred Rogers ever built a church, it would be neighbors. And she's wanted to come and visit us. Uh, right now, she is a a writer for documentaries, and they're actually doing a documentary on the history of Christianity. So she's traveling literally all over the world uh, right now. But after that, she hopes to do uh, some other projects and find her way to Lincoln to uh, share service with us and uh, maybe even do a presentation for us. And we did the same thing with with David. Uh, It started out with a simple uh, email and a phone call, and then uh, David and I both are uh, fanatical fans of classic comedy. And so our conversations actually spewed a lot into that area, and our friendship grew. And uh, we were able to bring him, and he stayed here for probably about uh, close to a week. And we actually did two presentations of the documentary. But he also just kind of hung around and uh, we went out to eat a lot, you know, and just got to know each other. And it was it was just a wonderful time.
0: Did you get any insights from him that you might not see in the screen?
1: You know, the biggest, the most surprising thing that I got from David was that when you saw Fred on screen, you saw Fred, uh, that he was just the way he was. Uh, There were times and and David and I talked about this where Fred was uh, was human. Some of that is written in a in a wonderful uh, autobiography that came out, where uh, you know he would have his grumpy days, uh, just like us all. But his grumpy days um, are are quite mild to grumpy days that that I would have, for example. Uh, I mean, he was such a sweet and caring person. But his his uh, his pacing, his slowness—that's uh, something that was genuine to Fred and his love for people was genuine to fred and i'd, I'd love to be able to say that's um that's what i aspire to be i think all, all of us have uh people that's uh running we run into that um we'll, we may clash with or the rhythm just isn't there but what the neighborhood teaches and what neighbors teaches is that does not mean that that person has to be labeled an enemy or a villain. And we have this kind of uh, uh, one or the other uh, mentality in our world today. And what we like to do is what Fred like to do is he'd like to have conversations and get to know them for who they are. And oftentimes the more time that you take with them and that little slower pace of listening and sharing you'll quickly move past the differences and find things that you really agree on and find things that uh, will allow you to, uh, to quote John Wesley, agree to disagree on certain topics but still love each other.
0: You're listening to Potluck. We're talking to Trevor Rook from Neighbors Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll be back with more right after this.
2: Clergy, are you in need of some time away from the routine and challenge of ministry and be attentive to your relationship with God? Consider attending Roots for Your Soul, a spiritual formation retreat planned just for you, November 4th through 6th at St. Benedict Retreat Center near Schuyler, Nebraska. The only cost to you for this three-day, two-night retreat is $25. Registration is open until mid October, and information can be found on the Clergy Excellence webpage under Continuing Education. Leadership will be provided by Cianne Emerton, a licensed mental health professional, and Father Thomas Leitner, the administrator of St. Benedict's Center. Hope you will plan to be there.
0: Welcome back to Potluck, the Great Plains Podcast. I'm David Burke. We're talking to Trevor Rook from Neighbors Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. And Trevor, you've talked a little bit about your past and uh, your former career in entertainment. You and I talked earlier that you were also in radio. Kind of give me uh, give me the showbiz life of Trevor first.
1: Well, um, I was kind of raised on uh, Laurel and Hardy and Groucho Marx, and so... Um, I guess it, there's a little bit of, of uh, sarcasm in me. And I found that, uh, oddly enough, a way to make a living out of it. Uh And so when I was uh, just out of high school, I did stand-up for the first time and uh, started a career of comedy. And I did stand-up uh, around the Midwest uh, for a number of years. And then I got into radio to where I was the, the morning... Uh, They called me the morning funny guy. My job was basically to uh, take calls from people, ask them about their day, and to to, uh, hopefully get a laugh out of something. And so um, ad-lib comedy was one of my favorite things to do. Uh, Interviewing people was one of my favorite things to do. Uh, And so I was in radio for quite a while uh, doing that, and then I would do like television commercials and. Uh, I used to make uh, educational videos for a um, hospital here in town, and the idea was to make them comedies because they said that, you know, what we need is people not to fall asleep during our ed- educational videos, which, exactly. you know, you call them educational videos, you pretty much want to take the tranquilizer right now, but um, mm-hmm. it, I liked the challenge of being able to do that, and so uh I think the, the the past comics of like groucho marx uh yeah, somebody very graciously compared me to to um to groucho and his the, his his wit and i was um I, I, if you love groucho that's a great compliment if if you think groucho is sarcastic and and uh not funny then that's a terrible compliment but uh I am it for I'm in the
0: former camp I, I like you already oh, good. yay <laughs> all right we can be
1: friends. There we go. So, so when yeah, were you were
0: observational, what kind of stuff did you do on stage?
1: You know, my favorite thing when I first started doing stand up, I, I, you know, would I wrote out the thing, you know, and uh, I tried to go on stage, you know, and and recite stuff. And I just I'm terrible at um, manuscripting things and writing stuff. And so what I started to do was um, basically I would just go in and talk to the audience. And I liked the challenge of that. I liked the thrill of that, of just not knowing what material, and just knowing that I had uh, fifteen minutes to a half hour to do it. And so you just go on stage and you just say, "Hey, how's it going?" And just go from there. And so I loved ad lib, um, uh, and that's what naturally was a natural progression from that into into radio. And as a matter of fact, when we did the um, even the educational uh, videos. Um, we would write the the meat of it, like the instructional stuff, and and the narrator would do that. In uh, many times, but my lines would always be ad Um, And we did commercials like that too. I remember doing a commercial for a, uh, a bank, and this one was sold actually nationwide, where they would have actors come in. I, I played a bank manager or something like that. Um, and they would just ask me questions and let, they let me ad lib the answers. And then, uh, you know, uh, it- the end results looked great, but remember that's a 30-second ad when we did about six hours worth of stuff. So the percentage of what was great and what was rotten, I'm sure, uh, was there. But um, it, they, uh, a lot of people found that if they just let me kind of ad lib, it was a little bit better results. And I think the reason is is I'm just not... If I'm reading something, you can kind of tell that I'm reading it. You know, I think my... my uh, the way that's... Uh, it's almost like preaching, everything works you know, people have their own styles and things like that Um, and in comedy what worked for me was not to uh, memorize anything but just to go and and wing it Uh, and there's other comedians that do a fantastic job Uh, Jerry Seinfeld for example uh, he did a great job of uh he would painstakingly write out his stuff and memorize it and retool it and you know he's obviously uh, uh you know i hear he's doing well so um uh, yes that's yeah
0: how you talked to me about being unchurched as a child how did your
1: christian journey start uh, you know, that's, fallen on my butt enough times, I think, you know, um, I, I wrote a book called, uh, Move Over Judas, and just from the title, I think that probably tells you enough about, um, what I did wrong in life, and, uh, early in the, uh, in my teens, you know, I experimented with drugs and alcohol, I, um, yeah, even when I first got into comedy and radio, uh, I did uh, some things that's, um, I regret to this to this day, um, and just falling on your on your butt so many times that um, you no longer can get up by yourself. And I think that there's something about I'm going to do a plug here for second career uh, pastors because sure. uh, a lot of a lot of second career pastors have come because they were um, they experienced enough in life that they knew that they needed Christ. Uh, I I was never privileged enough to uh, be raised in the church to where, you know, uh, I mean, there was talk of God and, uh, you know, I remember being told I was a Christian, but not really knowing what that meant, you know, or anything like that. I remember sometimes when I was a teenager and I wanted to um, smoke a joint, I would go inside because I didn't think God could see through roofs. Which is weird because I knew Superman could, but I knew I didn't think God could, uh, and so there were things that I would like for me, religion was almost like a a superstition at first, and of wondering, you know well, if you believe this and that and all that kind of stuff uh, and and so the intellectual side of me really was skeptical and questioned and uh, also the uh uh, the guilt inside of me, I think, kept uh, kept me from that. But when you fall on your face enough, you start looking for. Uh, eventually, you start looking for a hand to help you up. And for me, I think I just ran into enough people that that uh, identified as Christian and actually looked happy, and it, I, it baffled me. I didn't know what that was all about at first. I didn't trust it. Um, but then when I would get to know some of these folks, it, it, there was a sincerity about them. And I think it's you can't fake sincerity you can try, but it won't last for very long. You're going to, you're going to step up and, and trip up and get caught. Uh, and the people that were around me were truly sincere about their faith and, and that I think changed a lot for me because I didn't trust God at the time, but I did trust them. And so that was the connection that I needed. I met a neighbor, basically, to to talk, you know, more about the whole Fred Rogers thing. It was uh, uh, loving my neighbor that led to me uh, loving God in in many ways. I think.
0: At what point did you uh, think ministry
1: became an option? Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't think it would, <laughs> and I'm still baffled by that. To be honest, I really. Um, I think sometimes I'm, I would be much more comfortable cleaning the bathrooms after church than actually preaching in it, but um, I, I think that uh, there was a, uh, I met uh, a pastor called, uh, his name is Steve Todd, and he's hes at the Great Plains, he's in the law now, and he was a, a good buddy of mine, and we would talk about it every once in a while, but I remember one time just sitting there, I was actually making a video for the uh, for, for the hospital here in town, and I just had this strong feeling, you know, they say God talks to you and stuff about being a pastor. And I didn't, I did not want that at all. Uh, I was not a, a person that was, um, uh, would actually asked me to preach sometimes. Uh, at the time it was Horizons, uh, church in Lincoln. And I did it like two or three times, but I, I, uh, turned him down probably nine or ten times. Um, we just—it uh, it was something I just fought, and eventually, um, I don't know why. It, I think there was just a an epiphany or a revelation or whatever you want to call it, but a uh, a time when I knew that I needed to do it, and I think that even now. There's, there's great blessings that I experienced from it. And so I feel like I've made the right uh, decision, but I think I've also made, heard the right call. And so uh, to me, it's the greatest thing that I've ever done. It's it's not something that I would call a career. It's something that I would call a lifestyle in, in many ways. Uh, and to be part of it. Um, and I think it also helps that I don't know, I never knew what pastors really did because I wasn't raised in a church or anything. So. Um, there's, there's not a lot of tradition that I'm bringing in, into my uh, profession or things of thinking that I have to do it this way. It's just, um, uh, one of the things that Fred Rogers says is the greatest gift that you can ever give anyone is the gift of your honest self. And that's how I preach. I think that's how I lead. That's how I pastor. Um, and that's how I serve. Primarily that's how I serve is just give them your honest self. And I think that's, um. To be able to be with people, great people, in team uh, within the district, within the conference, and within the local church, and just be you—that's um, something that that I think I can do. Wow! As and all. There you go. Does
0: your stand-up come into play at all when you're preaching, or does it? Or do you
1: consider those two different doorways? You know, it's, it's funny because when I first became a, a, uh, uh, what do we call them? Pastor, uh, the, the people, you know, would say, Oh, you must be a comedian pastor. And it was, it was, I wasn't sure what to do. You know, I, I wasn't sure. I remember, uh, when I first started uh, preaching, I would try to do like a little bit or, you know, something like that. And then, um, it was, it was actually my wife that said, um, just be organic. If, if, if something she said, you're, you're naturally, um, just, a you know, you're a humorous person that's part of who you are and pastoring is part of who you are. You don't have to be, uh, you don't have to force either one of them, just be organic. And so when I'm preaching or when I'm talking, uh, or, leading or whatever, uh, if something trips me up as funny, I just let it go. You know, I just, it, it, it comes out. Um, and uh, I've, I've been known to like when we have, um, somebody from the district or somebody from the conference visiting us at the church, I'll rhythm a little bit, you know, like I used to do in standup. Um, and I, because to me, humor makes people more approachable. And so uh, there's times when we'll use that as uh, as a tool to, uh, be more approachable, but there's also times when it just uh, comes up because something trips me up in my in my brain that I thought something was funny uh and so um there are times when I've given sermons that are completely serious not often uh but I would say the majority of the time uh are sermons that are serious but every once in a while a little a little you humorous thing will come out sure. it's just who I am
0: well great what is in the future for you? I know you're taking course of study at St. Paul, but what is in the future for you and what's in the future for neighbors?
1: Well, hopefully, uh, I think it's in both cases, it's, it's growth. I think with uh, course of study, uh, we're just about finished with it. Um, it's so hard, you know, being a... That's one of the hard things about being a second career uh, guy is that you thought school was done, you know. Um, a lot of people... You know, they uh, they had things figured out in life. They went to high school and college and got a job. And you know, I went to to comedy. And you know, I think it's it's certainly well in some cases, but in other cases, the whole idea of going back to any kind of college situation or learning stuff, um, I you know, I get heart palpitations and want to you know flail on the floor and cry. But um I've learned so much and I do like the, uh, the educational part of, of course of study. And so I think there's growth there. Uh, there's, I'm, I, I see ourselves as we're always continually learning uh, because if we stop learning, we stop growing. And so I love the, the learning opportunities. I met some fantastic people, uh, to both, uh, you know, on the community side and the, the the layperson side, and and all of that. The the teachers, the instructors, the students, uh, everybody. It's been a wonderful experience. As far as neighbors is concerned, I hope that we continue to grow. Uh, last two weeks ago, we started our second service, and I'm hoping that uh, we'll see continued growth out of those. Uh, the work is to become. Uh, self-sufficient. Uh, right now, we, we do receive a couple of funds from uh, the New Church Development, the conference. They've been fantastic uh, for us. Uh, but our goal is to be where well, we don't need uh, any grants or aids that we're we're being able to uh, go on our own, and and that's the goal NCD has for us as well too. But the, idea, the the biggest thing that I want out of neighbors is for people that need us, that they find us, uh, and that we find them because, um, my life changed completely when I found God and when I, when I found what, what true love was, uh, love, acceptance, respect, dignity, all of those things every person deserves. And then as long as we're here, I believe that we're supplying a place. Where people can can find that.
0: Thank you to Trevor Rook, pastor of Neighbors Church in Lincoln. Okay, and thanks for all of you for listening to the second episode of Potluck, a Great Plains Conference podcast. We value your feedback. What did you think of our episode? What suggestions do you have for guests on upcoming episodes? Give us a call at 785-414-4251, 785-414-4251, or email potluck at greatplainsumc.org. Thanks to all of you for joining us for Potluck, where everyone brings something different to the table. Potluck, a Great Plains podcast is copyright 2019. I'm your host, David Burke. Our podcast is directed and produced by Eugenio Hernandez, and our executive producer is Todd Seifert. Thank you.
2: This is Holly Tepley, your disaster response coordinator for the Great Plains Conference. As you know, we have had an extremely busy year with disaster response all over our conference. Flooding, tornadoes in both states have just told and, and, and made it, it's, it very taxing on our volunteers. We need more volunteers. We've had a great small group of individuals who have dedicated hours upon hours, but we need more. So we have some trainings coming up, uh, October 19th at Eastmoor UMC in Marion, Kansas, um, October 26th, Church of the Resurrection in Leewood, and then an ERT recertification class. For those of you who uh, are expired with your basic ERT, on October 26th at Church of the Resurrection, you can uh, renew your credentials so that you can become active in our family. Uh, Go to www.greatplainsumc.org, register.